Welcome to Recovering My Inner Child. My name is Kawan Saluja. Our first reading comes from Melody Beatty's The Language of Letting Go, and the topic is Getting Through Hard Times. We are sturdy beings, but in many ways we are fragile. We can accept change and loss, but this comes at our own pace, in our own way. And only God and we can determine the timing. Codependent no more. Hard times, stressful times, are not all there is to life, but they are part of life, growth, and moving forward. What we do with hard times or hard energy is our choice. We can use the energy of hard times to work out and work through our issues. We can use it to fine tune our skills and our spirituality. Or we can go through these situations suffering, storing up bitterness and refusing to grow or change. Yeah, if it's uh, historical, it's his or if it's hysterical, it's historical. Sometimes good to pause and you know work through use that energy instead of suppress it. I think I find sometimes. Back to the reading. Hard times can motivate and mold us to bring out our best. We can use these times to move forward and upward to higher levels of living, loving, and growth. The choice is ours. Will we let ourselves feel? Will we take a spiritual approach, including gratitude, toward the event? Will we question life and our higher power by asking what we're supposed to be learning and doing? It's a good question. Or will we use the incident to prove old negative beliefs? Will we say, nothing good ever happens to me. I'm just a victim. People can't be trusted. Life isn't worth living. It feels like the uh, where, where confirmation bias is uh, the ultimate fail. Uh, back to the reading. We do not always require hard energy or stress to motivate us to grow and change. We do not have to create stress, seek it, or to attract it. But if there is, but if it's there, we can learn to channel it into growth and to use it for achieving what's good in life. God, let my hard times be healing times. And the next reading also comes from Melody Beatty's The Language of Letting Go. And the topic is New Relationship Behaviors. We talk much about new relationship behaviors in recovery, allowing others to be themselves without overreacting and taking it personally and owning our power to take care of ourselves. I think that's the thing now, and I think that is at the core of my under-earning, under-being, which is owning the power um, to do that. And a lot of times that just requires a little bit of planning and a little bit of reflecting and you know I think this is the greatest trauma response for me was like at some point in a frenetic and enmeshed childhood not having any time I internalized that doing was the only thing because somebody else would be doing the planning and the reflecting and the directing and owning and stepping into it really at this point in my life I think what is the most one of the most unbelievable great things about recovery and most exciting thing about recovery is that I get to decide and you know responsibility for years has been a really terrible word but it's like no that's like what a creative person wants more than anything is responsibility and this ability to learn and that was another thing that has kind of come up in recovery this week was how a dysfunctional childhood and how unintentional actions can make someone feel learned helpless. And, you know, for me, like, you know, specifically in, in my situation, I think like asking for help from people who know how to do it or pay for help or just as a sounding board has been vital um, to my growth. And, you know, 
you know, Tony Robbins always talks about that, you know, progress is what motivates us as human beings. Back to the reading. We talk about having and setting healthy boundaries, taking, talking directly and taking responsibility for what we want and need. So that's my job, right? While these behaviors certainly help us deal with addicted people, they're not behaviors intended only for use in what we call dysfunctional relationships. These behaviors are new relationship behaviors. They help us in stressful relationships. They can help us get through times of stress in healthy relationships. The recovery behaviors we are learning are tools, healthy relationship skills that help us improve the quality of a relationship. Re recovery means self-care, learning to take care of ourselves and love ourselves with people. The healthier we become, the healthier relationships will become. And we'll never outgrow our need for healthy behaviors. Today, I will remember to apply my recovery behaviors in all my relationships with friends and coworkers, as well as in any special love relationship. I will work hard at taking care of myself in the troublesome relationships, figuring out which skill might best apply. I will also consider ways that my healthy relationships might benefit from my new relationship skills. The next reading comes from ACA Strengthening My Recovery, and the topic is Promise 9. Wow, boundaries is a common theme today. Healthy boundaries and limits will become easier for us to set. As children, our integrity was badly mangled. Physical, psychological, social, and spiritual boundaries were rarely, if ever, respected in our home. As a result of this conditioning, we didn't learn to honor our own boundaries for those of others. If we grew up in a house where our toes were continually stepped on, and no one took responsibility, we may have become toe-steppers and believed it was normal, rightly. Anger as a way to solve problems or show that you're caring. Uh, crying as a way to show weakness rather than what I now see it as feeling, and whereas anger is more of a weakness. We come to at ACA meetings. We learn about respecting boundaries at our first meeting when we observe the no crosstalk rule. This healthy boundary allows each of us to express a reality without comment, judgment, or placating behavior. As we continue to attend meetings and share our experiences, we may discover other levels of toe-stepping that we still are acting out. Though the steps, through the steps, we discover how our childhood boundaries were violated. From there, we progress to acknowledging how those violations affect us today. Through reparenting ourselves, we reestablish healthy boundaries healthy internal and external boundaries, we begin to restore our integrity by making others, even those in authority, aware of the healthy limits we're setting in our lives. On this day, I will honor healthy boundaries at my ACA meetings. I will use them as stepping stones to acknowledging my buried childhood memories and feelings. I'm learning to set boundaries with integrity. Yeah, you know, like I've been dragging this week in terms of getting this podcast episode out, and this is what's so important. At a certain point, I just figured that you know, the authority figure would decide what was important rather than I get to decide. I think that was one of the more emotional things, interactions I've had in, in, in one of my support communities where they said, you get to do whatever you want. And I didn't realize that. And that includes, you know, watching sports games and all that stuff. And that dovetails very nicely into the next and final topic today, mistakes. Because that's what I've been scared of. Mistakes. Each mistake, each time we judge ourselves without mercy for common mistakes, there was loss. Many of us raised in dysfunctional families got the message that there was no room for error. We may have been raised by controlling parents who expected perfection. We were scolded or even abused for making mistakes. We weren't allowed to be kids and learn from our mistakes or taught that making mistakes was part of being human. 
We internalized this judgment. Even after we left our childhood homes, we treated ourselves harshly when we made mistakes. Recurring thoughts may have kept us an underlying anxiety alive within us, such as, I'm afraid I'm going to get in trouble, I'm afraid I'm going to get caught. Some of us were so ashamed of mistakes that we lied or cheated to cover them up. We might even have tried to numb ourselves from the anxiety of it all by engaging in addictive or compulsive behaviors. When we can embrace ACA recovery, we discover that we can reveal our imperfections in a supportive fellowship. We can openly share stories of what we used to hide and receive loving acceptance. We know we're not alone when we hear someone else share. We feel exhilarated and free when we work the steps. On this day, I will identify a mistake I made and judge myself harshly for. I will tell this to at least one person who I trust and I feel unconditional acceptance from. And that concludes today's reading from Recovering My Inner Child. Until next time, this is Kawan Saluja reminding myself to pause, because that's where God is, to love myself, to feel my feelings, to understand that mistakes are part of the process, and to remember that what I want and what I need is very, very important.